This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, you're tuned in to GG Well Played, the show that talks about all things video games. I'm Hanif Baharudin. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Roguelite, a subgenre that has been popularized recently by games like Hades and Curse of the Dead Gods. But before that, here's a recap of some of the biggest news in the world of gaming with Daryl Ong and Dashrin Johan. Thank you, Hanif. Let's start with a follow-up to one of the stories we reported last week. Sony has now confirmed that they'll be officially closing the PlayStation Store on PS3, Vita and PSP. The PS3 and PSP Store will close on the 2nd of July 2021, while the PS Vista Store will officially close on the 27th of August 2021. Sony confirmed this via an update on the support page on their PlayStation website. They also provided FAQ-style information on the closure, including information about whether you'll be able to still download games you bought already. And the answer is yes, you can. Hmm. Now, you can also check out the website to find out more, but this essentially marks the end of an era for these three consoles. So while the decision to close the PS3 and PSP store is understandable, the Vita was a pretty interesting project that sort of went sideways for Sony. The handheld is pretty powerful but not popular enough despite selling around 16 million units globally as of September 2018 and this is according to the US Gamer. That's right. A lot of fans also say that Sony didn't give the platform enough support and after stopping the production of the handheld in 2019, they now have closed the store. So for gamers out there who would like to get your hands on old games from these stores, make sure you do before July, before they're gone, perhaps forever. On to a piece of news on E3 now, Dash. Yeah, so info on Electronic Entertainment Expo or E3, which is gaming's biggest conference, is slowly coming out. Due to the pandemic, this year's event will be held digitally, uh, though it's unclear whether there will be any physical presence at the event. So far, we don't have much information yet, though a representative from the organizer Entertainment Software Association or ESA has said that more information will be released soon. ESA also quashed rumours that were allegedly revealed via a leaked document that some parts of the digital conference will be done via a paywall, saying that E3's 2021 digital show is a free event for all attendees. We're excited to fill in on all the real news for the event very soon. Yeah, and E3 used to be one of the most prestigious and looked forward to events in gaming, but has recently lost its luster as big-name developers and publishers, including PlayStation and EA, choosing not to be a part of the event and instead have their own independent event. So this year, Microsoft also have announced a showcase show that's not going to be at E3. Regardless, it's still pretty big and reputable, so we'll bring you more updates on the show when we have them nearer to E3's usual period, which is in early to mid-June. That's right. Uh, moving on to, I guess, the game of 2021 so far, Cyberpunk mm-hmm. 2077. Uh, so recently, developer CD Projekt Red released a long-awaited patch update 1.2. Uh, the release of this patch itself was delayed slightly after the cyber attack on the company server last month. So the patch notes was pretty long and extensive, uh, almost like a mini thesis. And while first impressions of them were generally positive, uh, some have also reported that there are new bugs appearing in the game. Trouble after trouble after trouble for this title. 
Anyway, apart from releasing the patch, CD Project Red also has a strategy presentation and Q&A session with their investors. They outlined existing plans to continue development for two of their biggest IPs, Cyberpunk 2077 and The Witcher, including new developments for these franchises beginning 2022. They also promised to have a better marketing campaign and strategy moving forward after their marketing campaign for Cyberpunk 2077 was widely criticised for creating false hopes and hype including not even sharing what the game will look like on non-PC platforms. That's crazy. Mm. So moving forward, CD Projekt Red said that the marketing campaigns will be much shorter and they'll wait until the game is closer to launch before showing things like trailers, demos and even gameplay mechanics. Uh, uh, I guess they're going to manage fan expectations uh, including showcasing game footages on all platforms that the game will be released on. Yeah, I think that's a far better strategy over Overall, For but sure. apart from this, the company was also asked by a shareholder regarding when the game will be coming back to PlayStation Store. And according to them, the company is still working on making the game better for the platform. But at the end of the day, the decision to return it to the storefront is in Sony's hands. I keep having these nightmares. The dragons, I hear their voices. Dragon Knight, Davio. And lastly, uh, on our last piece of news, the Netflix show based on the world's most popular MOBA, Dota Dragon Bird, has apparently uh, influenced players of the game to pick up the hero of the show, Dragon Knight, or more commonly known as DK, on Dota 2. Uh, according to a report by IGN, the tracking website Dota Buff reported a spike in DK's pick rate. It peaked at 9.2 on the 27th of March, two days after the release of the anime, higher than the average hero pick of 8.3. Uh, the report also said that DK is typically trended below average by a few decimal points. That's right. But despite this and the success of the enemy, the game apparently did not have any new players joining in. And this based on the data on SteamDB that showed a relatively unchanged set of peaks and trolls for the past few months. That's right. That's all we have for this week's news roundup on GG Well Played. Back to you, Hanif. Thank you very much, Daryl and Dashwin. Let's go for a short break. Coming up, a quick chat on a subgenre that has been gaining much more popularity recently, roguelike. This is GGWP on BFM 89.9. Another soul fouls my temple with every step. Tell me, pretender, can a man kill a god? BFM 89.9, you're listening to Gigi Wellpaid. I'm your host, Hanif Baharudin. Najman Maliki joins me again this week to talk about a subgenre in gaming that has been gaining more popularity on the back of the success of Hades, Roguelite. We're going to have a casual chat about the genre and why it's appealing to some gamers, touching a bit on games like Hades and Curse of the Dead Gods. Is out of reach. Uh, so just a bit of an update I think uh, If you guys are aware um, There's a new game out there Called It Takes Two uh, We're currently in the midst of Playing the game uh, So uh, Working on the review uh, We haven't finished the game yet So uh, Just be on the lookout for that game Other than that I've been playing my share of games I think Najman also has been playing His fair share of games uh, So let's just share a bit What we have been playing uh, So let me just start uh, Apart from 
playing It Takes Two. Um, I have also been playing a bit of <laughs> Pro Evolution Soccer 2021. And also a roguelite, roguelite game called Curse of the Dead Gods. Nash, what about you? Yeah, um, so... Yeah, it is early April now, so some of you guys might know if you guys are following Diablo 3, the new season just started, and I just started playing the latest season. I'm also playing uh, the beta for Magic Legends, which is Magic the Gathering's ARPG game. And yep, as Hanif mentioned, uh, a like called The Curse of the Dead Gods. Nash, can you share a bit about uh, Magic Legends? Yeah, so I've been playing the beta, the open beta for Magic Legends, uh, which is a game developed by Cryptic Studios, a small-ish um, developer, but backed by Wizards of the Coast themselves. So as you guys might know, Wizards of the Coast is the creator of Magic the Gathering and of course Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and they've uh, gotten Cryptic Studios to actually do their ARPG version of Magic the Gathering. So... As you guys might know, it's Magic the Gathering is a game card um, where you play with your friends, a uh, tabletop game, but they kind of converted the game into an ARPG, meaning you're playing this top-down character, uh, moving around, shooting out spells and stuff, much like Diablo, which is a game that I'm playing as well. However, interestingly, um, the skill system is almost at random, if you will depending on the deck of cards that you have. Really interesting. I would like to cover this. Um, so, fingers crossed, guys. Let us know if you guys want us to cover this too. Yeah, for fans of Magic the Gathering out there, yeah, if you'd like us to talk about this, uh, let us know so that we can perhaps cover it in the future when, when the game is officially released, right? Yeah, but moving on, um, the game that we are both currently playing, um, but I guess I have to admit that I've been playing it less, but I am currently, like, I, I guess playing a bit of it is Curse of the Dead Gods. Yeah, so... <laughs> Like I said earlier, there is a slight, I guess, uh, difference in opinion when it comes to interpreting what genre this game is, right? So uh, let, I, I guess let's let's just get that out of the way before we talk deeper about the game itself. Is is it a roguelite game or a roguelite game? Like L-I-K-E or L-I-T-E? <laughs> yeah, so I know there are some like uh, super extreme nerds on Reddit who will actually argue that Curse of the Dead Gods, uh, Dead Cells, Hades, all fall under rope light. Like, light. Um, but yeah, for this particular sake of argument, um, we are just going to mash them together. The difference um, is very minute in my, my personal point of view. Uh, but yeah, I'm just going to say that for the sake of this argument of this particular talk set, I'm just going to merge those two together and call it rope light. And that's it. I'm just going to not enunciate my K or T so that you guys don't know whether it's actually a K or a T. <laughs> All right. Okay. So yeah, we don't want to be super pedantic about it. Uh, like Najaman said, we're just going to, you know, moving forward from this point onward, we're just going to call it roguelite. Um, and hopefully uh, when Najaman breaks down the uh, definition, you can all agree to it. And I guess we can just move on and talk about the game a lot more rather than the definition, right? So, okay. So Curse of the Dead Gods is a game developed by Pastec Games and published by Focus Home Interactive. Uh, I'm playing the game on PlayStation 4. You're playing the game on PC. Okay. I have to, I guess... Um, admit that I'm not that familiar with the genre uh, and having played it I kind of enjoy it but like I said I haven't played deep enough to be able to 
give my full opinion on it. But um, well, since it's a game that we're currently playing, I guess we can talk a bit about it, right? Uh, so what 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 are your impressions of the game so far, Natch? Oh, I like it. I think it's really really good game to at the end of the day unwind to. But again, as uh, this is a roguelike, so you you might feel a little bit frustrated. And I think this is where I go into the first layer of a roguelike, roguelike games. Uh, so any game that is quote-unquote roguelike is basically essentially uh, a game that you die over and over and over and over again. It's built into it. So I think my first impression is that it is a very well-polished, pretty-looking, not-so-frustrating, just really good uh, roguelike. And yeah, I just love it, man. What about you? I like the game, but I have to say that because I'm not that familiar with the format, um, I find it to be a bit not boring, but but it's something that 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 I'm not as familiar with. And this is not a review. Uh, we have to, I guess, perhaps put a disclaimer to that that this is not a review. But I guess it's just more of an impression kind of thing. So so for me, it's for me, it's more of the genre rather than the the. The, the game itself because I have to admit that the game looks very nice I like the mechanics I like the combat moving from one dungeon to another dungeon and battling a lot of different kind of enemies um, enemies that are quite challenging um, um, and quite uh, diverse and even the, the the environment is slightly different can but you mentioned something along the lines of um, the game uh, you're expected to die a lot in the game right so is this is this is this like a, a feature of the game or or the genre is supposed to be difficult a la souls like game or is it because that's that's the norm for for rogue like game uh it's it's the norm it's obviously the norm for rogue like games that's the whole genre itself right so it revolves around the idea that you are training yourself getting better and better and that skill that you develop over time is what will help you progress throughout the game um, and I think uh, I can't understand where you're coming from but also I think this is where a lot of people kind of like diverge right this is where some people will say oh wait that's the reason why I play roguelike games because of that challenge I want that challenge um, but I think just to like for, for people who are new to this genre I think because of the dead gods and later I'll talk a bit more about Hades, are two good entry points to the, the whole genre itself. It's not too frustrating in my personal view. I do see maybe some people feeling that this game is a bit too hard or maybe too frustrating. I get that. But if you just give it a bit of time, it's like a, it's like a, um, uh, an acquired taste kind of thing. Lah. Yeah. Again, not to knock on the game. I feel like the game is is very um well crafted uh, in terms of even the mechanics, right? I have to again put another disclaimer say, um and say that I know Hades is a very good game. Uh, he has won a lot of game of the year awards uh um last year, but um I haven't had the time and and haven't played it yet. Uh but for because of the dead gods, you know what what I can say about it is that um the mechanics of the game is very great. Um, in the sense that um, it works, uh, there's a stamina system to sort of, sort of like um, give you a chance to somehow uh, play the game a bit tactically. So that, that there is a there is a sort of, sort of like crutch, right? uh, and you have to perhaps strategize well to play. And there are a lot of like you know uh, the progression system and the kind of mechanics that they put into the game, um, allowing you to level up, but level up in a way that that's pretty unique. And then on top of that, there's also that curse that is put upon you as well. I think it makes for a very challenging and very 
uh, if you think about it, like a like a methodical way of approaching uh, video game, right? So 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 I feel like I feel like in terms of that, um, like even even with without finishing it yet, I can I can see um, the system or the structure in place being very uh, beneficial for the game. Yeah, I think so too. And um, that's actually a lot of people argue that that is one of the um, the the pinnacle or rather the the crucial building blocks of a roguelike game which is the simple mechanics of a particular game that you are playing right so in curse of the dead gods you basically can uh shoot or rather you have two kind of attacks you can dodge which uses your stamina and you can turn on your your torch and that's about it from the start to the finish of the game that's the only thing that you can do um uh, and and i think that's also kind of like the appeal for me lah because i think the mechanics is so easy so straightforward uh you just have to get better and good and progress throughout like get better weapons um get better blessings and stuff to actually make your character better lah i think that's uh is something really interesting and of, uh, and cool with curse of that gods that they included things like curses that you mentioned Um and yeah I think it actually has a good starting point to be a really really good roguelike game. I do have to say that I I have to say that Hades wins my heart lah over Curse of the Dead God. Yeah, um okay, um based on what I've heard the thing with Hades is that at least Hades has a a deeper story, right? And a very strong story it, apparently. I think I think you could just say that Hades has a story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm trying I'm trying to I'm trying to yeah, I'm trying to be a bit kind to Curse of the Dead Gods because I think yeah, technically there's no story at all, right? You just have, you're just entering a a dungeon to I guess <laughs> <laughs> like it's so loose that you also forget what 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 the goal of the whole thing is. Basically, you just you just want to complete the whole map if you will get to the final stage where you get the the treasure essentially you're playing this indiana jones kind of guy who wants to get that treasure but yeah i mean i can tell how how loose the story is that that we can't even recall what exactly the storyline is like right yeah, yeah it's, it's just a pretty much like you said uh, a guy wants to enter the dungeon and pr- perhaps find the treasure and that's it right Uh, I think when you play Hades uh, or any roguelike games, sometimes I think a lot of people who love the genre would just want to play through the game, and that's it. Just want to make sure that they can actually like master all of the weapons and 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 just finish the game, which basically is similar to games like Dota, for example, or LOL or Apex Legends. You don't really care about the storyline. What actually happens to Devion the Dragon Knight? <laughs> you no one cares about that because you just wanna, you know, like destroy the other party's ancient, and that's it. You just wanna win. Same goes for Roguelites. You just wanna play and win the game, and that's it. So I think because of that, I think it's a good idea that Curse of the Dead Gods, their developers just focused on that. It's really nice looking game. They actually have they managed to actually do a lot. Uh, more interesting things, better things. Um, I think in Curse of Dead Gods, they actually introduced the idea of like having to fight in the dark versus to fight in the light, which causes different different reactions, right? Um, different uh, interactions, which is cool. And yeah, because they don't need to think about voice acting, they don't need to think about storylines. They managed to do, to do that. However, I have to say, voice acting in Hades, 
that's one impeccable voice voice acting in 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 one indie game lah. Yeah, going back to I think the reason why you said that perhaps this kind of game is appealing, I think it's because of the fact that, uh, like you said, I think I think. And this is perhaps, I guess, a precursor to a bigger conversation that we can have later or, or like, a, you know, in, on, on a different day. But games these days, are because of the budget and because of how, you know, technology has progressed, are becoming a lot more bombastic and, quote-unquote, Hollywood-like, right? So so there is this element of... So I guess because we are pretty much gamers that have grown up in, in this era, we expect games to to be cinematic, right? Whereas, whereas games like Hades and to a certain extent Curse of the Dead Gods, or uh, even the genre itself, it harkens back to a time when games are quote unquote simpler or a bit more video game like, right? I think in the sense that you just sometimes and sometimes that's 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 the point of video games, right? You know, if if person A might want to be I guess blown away by the cinematic and the story and everything else, whereas person B wants to just play and have fun with the mechanics, right? You know, explore the world, explore the dungeon. And things like that. So, so, so I guess that's the interesting thing about about games and video games, and and I guess to a certain extent the genres. Like for example, like you don't necessarily have to have to have a good storyline or good story in order for you to enjoy a video game, right? But having said that, Hades, I guess based on your experience uh, playing it, I think uh, has a good story as well as a good mechanic, and hence the reason why it won so many awards last year, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think um, I think Hades kind of like really landed nicely into the lap of people in between that age where you get cinematic games but also at the same time you just want to play a game kind of thing so they kind of satisfy both worlds and and it's it's good it's uh the procedural generated map that they created in the game is so interesting that you don't feel repetitive that it's repetitive at all in a really really good way and yeah i think I think they just they just nailed it with whatever you just mentioned just now, just between the cinematic world and and the <laughs> delivering uh, just pure hack and slash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you touch on I guess characteristics of a roguelike game uh, earlier. Uh, so so perhaps maybe you can quickly just summarize what are the other characteristics of a roguelike game. Yeah. So I think aside from death, just being dead uh, multiple times, uh, another big pillar of a, a, a roguelike game would be procedural content. So what procedural content means is that map um, or the environment that you are in at every single stage of the game is generated there and then for you. The code will basically have some limitations. So like this particular map have water and this particular map have fire and things like that. So they'll just like have some set rules it has to follow and generate a specific a map for that particular stage. This is very interesting as opposed to playing a, your normal game, right? So a typical game, uh, you exactly know at stage one what you will face. In roguelike games like Curse of the Dead Gods and Hades, you don't know what exactly the map will look like. Which is interesting. So this now again is like hammering down on the idea that you just have to get better at the game itself because you can't even memorize the map because maps are procedurally generated, um, which is to me very interesting to see how clean and, and, and good procedural generated graphics, I guess, if you will, are, now, uh, are, are like nowadays. It's so clean that sometimes you don't expect that this is procedurally generated. 
Uh, at least that's what I get from these two games lah. Mm. And they're generated randomly, right? And different from each gamer. So so my level 2 is not the same as your level 2, right? Yeah, and if, I, if you will, because you die so many times, my level 2 definitely is not the same as my previous level 2. So yeah, it's interesting. So you can actually see like some people record their runs and you can actually see how interest, uh, or how, how different their runs are from you, but also obviously in many ways the same. Yeah, I, I love that. I really, really like that. So another pillar would be a, a turn-based game uh, or the gameplay, if you will, uh, and and basically, this this are the quote unquote progressions that that you you get lah. So for games like Curse of the Dead Gods and 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 Hades, every map that you go into, there are some certain goals, if you will, that you get. Um, so sometimes you will get gold. Sometimes you will get a particular blessing. Sometimes you get a particular weapon. Um, so these are your quote unquote rewards that that uh, road like games will do for you. Uh, and other games like Dead Cells. And again, this is not a review of only any of those games, uh, but other games like Dead Cells will do the same thing as well. And I think personally for me, this this is the biggest pull for me, right? So because sometimes they even hide the Uh, goal for you, so you don't actually know what you are getting, and even like games like Hades, you will actually get something even better if you hide uh, that particular knowledge from 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 your gameplay. Like you don't know what you're gonna get, you might get something even better. So yeah, I think these are the the pull for a typical road like games uh, in general. Um, yeah. Um, does the map or does the how the game looks matter? Like for example, must it be a top down or can it be, can it be like a full flash 3D world for it to be considered a rogue like juga? Going back to the title or rather the name of the genre, rogue like, which refers to that old game rogue. So some people say that it needs to be a top down game. I don't think so. I don't agree with that because. If as long as it's a procedurally um, generated, as long as your your death is quote unquote permanent, you have to start back from square one, and you've got your goals. And I th- I think to me personally, that checks all the boxes. Doesn't have to be a top down, but you have to be kind of creative lah. If it's not a top down, because then then people will expect more of you, right? Because like if it's a 3D world, then people will expect that uh, this is not a procedurally generated map. I don't know. But to me, no, it doesn't have to be a top downer. All right. Okay. So I think uh, we can perhaps wrap up this conversation. So yeah, this is something a bit more, I guess, loose uh, and a bit more uh, abstract. Uh, just talking about a, a bunch of games that we have played and also just lapsing into the game genre called roguelite, right? If you guys want us to talk about, you know, other games or other types of genre out there, perhaps you can, yeah, tell us. And yeah, maybe you know, if this is something that um, listeners out there want to listen to a lot more, perhaps you can, you know, start breaking down these more specific subgenres of games, right? I think there are a lot of like uh, different types of games, right? I think so. Today we've been talking about roguelite. We've been touching on um, relatively new game called Curse of the Dead Gods, which is I think pretty good. Uh, it's a, it's a different kind of game for me at least, but yeah, but it's a game that that's worth checking out. Uh, if you guys want to check it out, of course, there's also Hades, which has received a lot of uh, accolades last year. Uh, perhaps yeah, if you guys want us to also talk about it, we can perhaps talk about it more uh, in a different episode. Uh, uh, thank you very much, Nash. Um, any last thoughts uh, before we I guess wrap up this week's episode? Yeah, I think um, for my last thought would be if anyone is 
excited to try or rather interested to try uh, a roguelike game, I would say try out Hades. Um, it's not available on PS, Xbox, sadly. It is available on Mac, uh, Windows and a Switch. It's a really good, in my view, intro to the genre. It's not too punishing on you. Uh, it's got nice storyline. Of course, good graphics and not too expensive. It, there's a lot of sales on Steam for it. So, try it. Considering that it was just released last year, it is a game that's worth checking out. But um, prior to Hades, were there any other games that carried the torch before before Hades? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think two comes to mind. One would be Splunky. Uh, Splunky and Splunky 2. Uh, uh, an older... I think Splunky got released in like 2013. It's a good road light as well. Really cute graphics. And another one that comes to mind that is available on mobile is Dead Cells. You can actually play Dead Cells on your phone. And if your phone can connect to a controller, like your PS4 controller, then that's even better. So yeah, do check those two out as well. I think those two are really, really good road light games as well. All right. Thank you very much, Naj. Thank you, NF. That was Najman Maliki and we've been talking about the roguelike subgenre with references to games like Hades and the recently released Curse of the Dead Gods. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, you can find the podcast on bfm.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play and also Spotify. Do share your thoughts about the show or the games that you play via our email, ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Hanif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on. Till next time, GG Well Played. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.